Can anyone become intuitive? What's the key to developing your intuition? How can you understand the difference between your intuition, hearing your spirit guides, and mediumship and hearing other spirits who are hanging around? Stay tuned for these answers and some great stories too. Hi, this is Ronnie Ann Ryan, intuitive coach, and welcome to the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. In this show, we'll talk about mystical methods, spiritual practices, and magic to grow spiritually, live well, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, connect with spirit, and embrace the magic that is all around you. To learn more about intuitive coaching with me or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoy the show, please rate it or write a review and subscribe and share it with a friend. May good fortune come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. And now, on with the show! In this episode of the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast, I'm speaking with Isabeau Maxwell. She is one of the leading spiritual coaches in intuitive development today. Isabel brings deep channeled knowledge and personal understanding to the field of spirituality. She has helped people connect to their authentic, natural, intuitive abilities for over 15 years. Isabel is the founder of the award-winning intuitive development course, The Sage Method, the author of the best-selling book, Cracking Open, Adventures of a Reluctant Medium, and the creator of the popular online community, The Sage Circle. So let's welcome Isabel. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here with you. I have so many questions for you. I am an open book. You just go for it. All right, great. Tell me how you won an award for your intuition development course. I'm really curious about that. The award was really kind of neat to get because I've been teaching that course for over 15 years now. And to be able to get recognized like that was really cool. I mean, it's an intensive course. It's a seven week course. It's the kind of course that you step into if you're like actually ready to open up your intuition and get messages. And I just felt so grateful. I was kind of overwhelmed. They're like, you're going to receive this reward. And I was like, okay. Who gave you the award? Over. Yeah. The Coalition of Visionary Resources. I never heard of that. That sounds fabulous. Yeah. So they look for visionaries that are people that are really kind of changing the flow and the perspective and putting books out there and courses out there that are really life-changing, very directional. So I was very honored to be the recipient of that. Yep. That's fantastic. What do you think the key is to developing your intuition? And let me just give you a little background as I ask that. Like I started this stuff an awfully long time ago. (laughs) it's almost embarrassing. I hate to even put a a year on it. But when I started, it literally took me seven years to break through and have my intuition develop because I'll just admit it was in the nineties. And you know, what really changed everything for me was Reiki, my first Reiki initiation. I did get all three, but what I discovered was, and, and what I've really learned from doing this podcast is And so I'm looking forward to hearing what you say, because there are two main paths that people seem to walk to open up. One is yoga and two is Reiki. Now I'm sure there's a lot of other paths too, but that's what I've noticed. So let me ask you again, now that I'm done babbling, what do you think the most important thing is to get things moving and hear guidance from your higher self or your guides or whatever? 
I can completely relate to you to what you said about Reiki and yoga. Those are two disciplines and or just experiences that quiet your mind, they get you centered and they get you in the moment. And that's the overall goal. My approach with intuition, because I'm not necessarily a yoga practitioner, I'm not necessarily, you know, Reiki practitioner. I'm actually very scientifically oriented. I have a math degree from college. I mean, I'm coming at this from a very uh, analytical space. I'm the person that if I understand how something works, then I can get it to work better. So for me, when it came down to opening up my intuition, I worked directly with my guide instead of necessarily with a person, you know, a living person. He made it really clear very quickly. Every single person has 100% strong, accurate intuition. The reason some people aren't able to access it or use it, or like you said, break through is they have clutter. And so it's the clutter that clogs it and blocks it up. The way that I like to explain it is if every piece of emotional, physical, environmental relationship clutter you have is one hamster on a hamster wheel in your brain, how many hamsters on hamster wheels are running (laughs) through your brain? want your intuition to go through there. Yeah. It's like, come on, why can't I get a message? Well, it makes sense that with yoga practice, you're calming that putting those hamsters to sleep. You know what I mean? With Reiki, you're doing energy work, inner work, healing work. You're, you're taking care of some of those, but my approach with it is complementary to those practices in that it's all about decluttering. It's about figuring out who you were taught to be versus who you really are what you want in your life versus what you tolerate, like what things can you shift that are weighing you down? And the more those come off, the more your channel opens up. Hmm. I've met people who are intuitive, who are very grounded and personal and math oriented, they science, but I've also met really intuitive people who are, they're so out there. Yeah compared to me. Like I'm very grounded and practical and we need all kinds. So it's fine. But like when you're saying, oh, you have to clear the clutter, there's, there are, I mean, there's such a wide range of types of people who are using their intuition. Yep. You know, some people are very worried about the mothership and aliens and what starseed they are. And they're, you know, and some people are very interested in everything Egyptian and whatever. And then some people are into Wicca. There's so many paths. Yeah. If I looked at my community as a whole, first off, it's, it's kind of neat because it's global. So we have people all over the globe, We've got people from Australia, New Zealand. It, and so the cultures are magnificent and beautiful. And we really, we do have people from all of those angles, but when we come together, the discussion is just straight up intuition. And like you said, it's all, it's all kinds of people open up to their intuition and we need them all, yeah. but everyone approaches it. And that's, I think it's really important to look for training from people or sources or groups where they give you an outline and then ask you to apply it to what means the most to you. You have someone who's doing a ceremony with beautiful flowers and trinkets in the woods. And then you have someone who is quietly meditating in a room by themselves. So the tools need to be given to these people and then say, creatively apply these to how you roll. Like how right, do you right. flow? You know, for me, I'm just pen and paper and one plus one is two. So <laughs> very down to earth. I love that. 
Yeah, that's very down to earth. But some of my closest friends are just, sometimes they're just floating and they're going here and they're going here. And so sometimes I got to grab them and get, let's get centered. But sometimes they have to shake me up and go, just would you uncenter for five minutes and that? So it's it's all kinds. I love it. Well, tell me what you, how you view the difference between your intuition and hearing what your spirit guides have to say and mediumship, you know, I'm just curious your take. The way that I look at it, intuition is an umbrella and everything falls underneath it. Oh. Really the only two things that are very different from each other would be psychic and medium. Those are kind of a spectrum for psychics. They are able to access information intuitively about people, places, locations, the environment, you know, what the space around them, objects. A medium isn't necessarily able to do that. Instead, they focus on communicating with a being, with like a loved one on the other side. So guide communication kind of comes right in the middle there. It's kind of like a psychic mediumship experience where psychics can have that communication because it's directly linked to them. Mediums can have that communication because that's how they roll anyway. (laughs) Guide communication has that hint of medium to it. But even if someone's a psychic and not very strong in mediumship, they still can have very strong guide communication because it's connected to them. But it's all really under the same umbrella. If we think about our intuitive channel and just information coming through, the intuitive information comes through, utilizes the five senses to present itself. And then it's a matter of where did it come from? Psychic, it came from source. Mediumship, it came from a loved one. Guide communication comes from guides. So it's really where is it coming from? Okay. Beyond clearing the clutter, what is one other thing that would be an important step to cracking open, (laughs) which we're going to talk about in a minute? I'll give you my favorite tool. Yeah, this is my favorite one. I I have a, a longer video that explains it on my website for free. It's one of those things where if I could teach everyone in the world this, just take it, learn it, go tell 10 other people, right? It's my favorite, favorite tool. And it's GCP, which is Ground Clear Protect. And now... We've all done some version of that in some particular way, but the reason why I love this practice so much, um, and my guide showed it to me in the very beginning, I opened up when I was 32 and I worked with him and he explained it this way, grounding covers the physical body, clearing covers the programming body, and then protecting covers the spiritual body. You're taking all three of your bodies and you're aligning them. And then you're caring for them because a lot of people, they know how to care for the physical body, right? If someone's standing too close to you, you know, to say like back up, right? But a lot of us aren't taught to take care of the energetic body and GCP does that. And it's got really cool side effects and it's very straightforward ground into mother earth, ask her to hold you in whatever style that works for you, clear out all of the energies that you don't need to be carrying, including the crabby person at the post office you ran into yesterday. And then, you know what I mean? Like don't take on everyone's emotions, uh, easier to say than do, especially for empaths. But clear those out, like imagine water pouring all the way through you and washing it out and then put a protective bubble around you that is programmed and you can just simply ask it to be allow in for what's my highest good and keep out what's not for my highest good. That simple five second act done daily is a game changer, absolute game changer. It'll start to shift everything. 
I love that idea of the water. A lot of times I work with my clients and I'm like, all right, we're going to take a spiritual shower. So imagine you have an outdoor shower attached to your house and <laughs> step inside and let it wash right through you and not just mm -hmm. the outside. Open your crown and let it all flow. So yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. So interesting, but for the longest time, I never did any protection because I came from the philosophy that you only need to protect yourself if you think you need to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're protected, which I learned from a Hawaiian shaman. There were times when I was bothered by who knows what in my sleep and stuff. And I learned how to deal with that by addressing it directly. I learned how to be lucid. Please don't make me do it again in my dreams because I don't know if I could do it again, but anyway, so I took care of all that. It just keeps coming up more and more, this idea of protection. And it kept coming up a lot. I, I took a bunch of Akashic Records courses and they were very big into that. And so finally I asked one of the women, I asked Lisa Barnett, if these are the highest beings available, you know, the highest beings possible, the, you know, the guides or the keepers of the records, why do I need to protect myself from them? And she said, well, you really don't. But some people like to feel protected and safe when they're doing this kind of work. And so that's why I include that in what I do. So I thought, all right, well, that's very interesting because if you don't feel safe, then you really need to protect yourself for sure. Absolutely. And for me, the GCP protection is protecting yourself from living people. I mean, it's not even like <laughs> protecting yourself from the boogeyman. Okay. <laughs> It living is, people. it is living people are a bigger problem than anything that's invisible. Uh, so, uh, you know, well said, <laughs> we don't realize exactly next time you go to the grocery store, just tap in for a second. You know what you'll feel despair, scarcity, anger, frustration, irritation, because that's what a grocery store brings out. You're letting go of money, which is security. You're feeding families, which you have to do just for survival. I mean, Going in and just being completely open, we pick up other people's energies. If, if, if you've ever gone to bed stewing over something that actually had no place in, in your life, or if you were mad for absolutely no reason, you couldn't pinpoint it, you might've picked up somebody else's energy. Yeah. I got to tell you, hon, it's the living people that, that <laughs> I'm more protective of than those in, in the in-between. I don't believe that I need to protect, protect. I believe I need to filter, you know, filter. I need that. I need that bubble to say, all right, I see that you're cranky at your third wife because, you know, she threw a bottle at you yesterday or something, whatever, like I, but I don't know you. <laughs> and so I'm going to keep myself balanced. Yes. The really cool thing that happens when you do that is that you actually have more opportunities to help a stranger like that in a balanced state because you're not taking on yeah. the energy of it and you can actually show up for somebody without having all of that frustration and the way I explain it to to my students is if somebody comes up to you we're still in the living people category gotcha. if somebody comes up to you and let's say they're mad about a parking issue right yep. and they yell at you before you ever hear the words coming out of their mouth, the energy's already sunk into your energy. Oh yeah. It's why when you do hear the words, you get mad. Now, if that didn't happen, if it didn't sink into your energy, when you heard the words, you would actually take a minute to go, huh? What? Oh, oh, you're mad. Oh, oh, okay. Right. But it doesn't work that way because the energy hits you long before the sound does. And if we do the protection, then the energy doesn't hit you. And then you literally go, huh? What? You're mad at what? All right, we'll figure this out. 
I'm really glad we went over that because I never looked at it like that, but that makes total sense. And I agree with you just driving. Sometimes I put the bubble around my car. I'm on the highway. People are zigzagging around me and I'm like, bubble, I need that white bubble of light, please. (laughs) Exactly. And if we, if we take it even further than that, what happens as a result of not having that, excuse me, crap energy in us from other people, what happens as a result of that? Okay. What's in your energy system is all you, it's your hopes, it's your dreams, it's your wishes. This means you're manifesting is going to quadruple because you're not trying to wish through crabby parking dude, right? You don't have their energy in you anymore. So your manifesting is going to amplify what you want in your life is going to start to come to you sooner because what you're put out, what's in your system is what you attract more of. So you clean that out because you don't even need it. It's not worth caring. And then you fill it up with what you want. It's a snowball effect. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, that is awesome. That is awesome. So let's talk about your best-selling book. First of all, love, love, love the title, Cracking Open Adventures of a Reluctant Medium. Now, Richard Bach wrote Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah. I loved that. So that's the first thing that caught my eye was that the reluctant part, you know, tell me a little bit about that. Well, it is a perfect title. The book is my memoirs written in a story format because I can't stand a boring book. It's written in a story format of the first two years of me opening up intuitively. And I put everything in there, like the good, the bad, the raw, the, the like all of it. And it's really used as a teaching book and a book that others can relate to because a lot of people open up and they have a spiritual you know, awakening and it can at times make you feel you know, like you're going a little crazy. For me, I was 32 when I opened up and I had absolutely no intent of doing it. I did not wake up one day and go, gee, this would be fun. I was a complete skeptic. I had, like I said, a math degree in college. I was scientifically oriented. I opened, I was working as an entrepreneur, opening businesses. I had zero interest religion, spirituality, not part of my um, upbringing. Okay. Well, I went to church until I got confirmed and then I was done, but, (laughs) but this was not, this was not a a religious uh, household at all. And my grandmother passed away. She was in Minnesota. I was in New Hampshire. So we were across the country from each other and she passed away. I was grateful to be on the phone with the family in the hospice when this occurred, but then I hung up the phone and I was standing in my living room and I had to figure out, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to fall apart? Am I going to get an airplane ticket? What am I going to do? Cause my grandmother was, was my source of maternal love really for, for me. She was very much like, like a mom and that cheeky little lady, a couple hours after she passed, showed up in my living room, like in front of me, in front of me. Oh, Not you can the- see her. You could. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not the corner of my eye. Like, not like a, maybe she was right in front of me. She's five foot tall. She was about 70% solid. She turned and looked at me, winked and smiled and disappeared, scared me out of my mind. So at that point, all I had was like ghost references and movies and stuff. So, so I remember yelling, don't, if that was you, don't do that again. Like and then I went through a few months of trying to figure out, is this real or isn't, isn't it? And the book walks you through what I experienced with that. And she gave me ridiculous amounts of proof. And so I said, okay, I can't look back. This is great. I got my grandma. Yay. And yeah. then 
other people showed up and I was like, wait a minute. My grandma, I remember my grandma saying to me, what'd you think would happen? I was like, well, I just thought I had you and this right, was, right. you know, Scooby-Doo, this is awesome. So, and then I started doing readings. Like I said, I was working with the spiritual guide that showed up and he taught me how to declutter my intuition, how to access it, use it. And then he asked me to take that and bring it to other people so that they could walk through the same process. That's pretty much the, the book in a nutshell. It's interesting. You know, it's funny because when my uncle died, I think it was her, my mother's brother. I only knew one grandmother that was my mother's mother. So when my uncle died, I was driving back from the funeral and I was alone in the car. And all of a sudden, my grandmother, my grandfather, who I had never met, and my uncle who had passed away were all in the car. Like I had, there were only four seats in my car. I occupied one yeah. of them. And they were filling the car. I'm like, oh my God. Like I didn't see them as completely physical, but I saw them in my mind. You know what I mean? And I mm -hmm. thought, what the heck? You know, I mean, I had already been using my intuition and everything, but that was so shocking to me that they just like showed up and they were having a drive in the car with me. I'm like, hello. Hello. <laughs> I know. So I've had few experiences like that one. When my aunt passed away from my father's side, we were at the burial site in the cemetery and I saw her, but she was in her thirties sitting on the headstone next to where they were putting her in. And I was so taken aback because first of all, I never had any discussions with her about spirituality or anything. I don't know what her feelings about that was. And I was just so surprised. So then when we went back to my cousin's house, there was a picture of her looking exactly like I had never seen that photo in her thirties with her hair and everything. I was like, Oh, that's exactly what I saw. It was unbelievable. That is so cool. Is I love moments like that. I absolutely love moments like that. People ask me if I've continued to see her that clearly and I didn't. So I see very much like you do. I see with my third eye and I can you know, look and focus in and see, you know, shapes or things that they're showing me. The strongest I have ever seen her was that first day. And I know that it was because she knew that this stubborn Taurus, <laughs> science minded, nothing is real, needed just a brick upside my head. It had to be that clear. Otherwise that's, that's the only reason she showed up that clearly, but otherwise yeah, I can relate to a lot of the experiences you're sharing. Yeah, and there doesn't matter how many times I've had it, they're always like, whoa, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's always a little bit of a surprise. So what kind of difference have you noticed in spirits? Like, you know, when I saw my father at his funeral, he was only a, I'll call it a disturbance in the field. Like I could see the outline of something, but that's all I could see. When my mother died, I, I saw her the same way I saw my aunt and the my, my grandmother, grandfather, and my uncle, she was sitting on, um, she was sitting behind me when I was doing the eulogy. So I don't understand like why some spirits, I don't know what your experience is with that. Like you can see some more clearly than others. And yeah, they're all different. They're all different. Uh, there's a, there's actually a couple reasons for this, how they show up and the information that they bring through has everything to do with the receiver of that information and not necessarily anything to do with just, you know, the quality of visuals or anything like this. I did professional readings for 14, 15 years and they were always different. And I remember some would come through and give what felt more like 
generic words in it, you know, it took a left when I should take it a right, you know, and as a reader, you're like, wow, I know that I can get more details, but it's not coming through so much. You get done with the session and the client says that was, that, that made total sense. And you're like, what? So it's, it's what makes sense to the receiver of the experience. When you see them this way, this time, and then this way, this time, it's, that's exactly what you needed to see and how you needed to see them. They really have all access to be able to, to, to show up as clearly as they want, or as, as, you know, faded as they want. And it also has to do a couple other reasons would be, uh, how much were you in the human at the time? So the more absorbed we get into our human experience, sometimes the harder it is for us to see. I see. I, I mean, even as a, as a professional for so many years, I mean, my, my older son got married. And so for two weeks, I was all consumed with his wedding. I barely saw anything. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. I was just so into the human experience and you know, so there's a lot of factors that come into play. I do know that some spirits really prefer different avenues. Like they prefer to work with electronics or they prefer to come through oh, in their dream state. Interesting. Or, yeah. And so a lot of them will interact in the ways that they prefer to interact. And sometimes it's not the way we want them to. For example, if I want to communicate with my grandfather, who, by the way, and I'm rolling my eyes at him right now, never shows up, which I would love for him to show up. <laughs> but if I play music from the 1940s, 1950s, he'll reluctantly kind of come in and go, all right, kiddo, what, what do you want? All well, right. maybe if he's busy uh, doing his own work, well, right? He is. And I think it's, I think this one is an actual great example because as a kid, my grandfather was the world to me. I loved him so much, but spiritually he's probably not on my team, but that doesn't, oh, discount yeah. my, doesn't discount my relationship yeah. with him as a kid, you know, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the team members tend to show up a lot more, you know, and spirits come through for us when we need what they can bring us. So my grandfather was just a six foot two kick butt trucker, no nonsense, right? Don't be chicken kind of guy. And I have had a couple of moments where I went, oh, I should do this. Wait, I'm nervous about doing it. And he would come in and be like, what happened to my granddaughter? When did you chicken out on stuff? You know, and I'll be like, okay, I'm sorry. And then he'll <laughs> laugh and he'll leave. Yeah. So yeah. they come through when they have something that can help us on oh, our path. Nice. That's yeah. nice. I yeah. like that because that helps you think that you're really not alone, which we know we're not, but it's a nice reminder to know, depending on what you need, the right person will come in. So that's very comforting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And all of a sudden you're like third aunt from a seventh marriage comes through and you're like, what, why are you, I didn't even, I barely knew you. Right. Yeah. But you're going through a divorce and she's like, and I went through five of them. So here I am. Here I am. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Got it. Thank yeah, you very yeah, much. <laughs> well, tell me about your community. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, I love my community so much. That is probably one of my biggest achievements as far as my heart goes, because when I opened up intuitively, I didn't have anyone in my circles that knew anything about it or did anything or let alone believed it. So I felt very alone, uh, very isolated and I'm smiling because I remember sitting there at home once saying, I have to find somebody to help me because I feel like I'm losing my mind. I remember thinking, I know someone, 
I know a Tai Chi instructor. And so I went over to his dojo and I walked in and I remember saying to him, okay, you're the strangest person I know. So can you help me? And this man, heart of gold, took this outside woman, right? Who was like kind of an outsider of everything and went, I got you. Okay, you're okay. And he kind of took me under his wing and started to help me out. But I literally knew no one. And I vowed that one day I would build a community. So this is kind of how the Sage Circle was born. It's an online community and we're global. We have people all over the world, which is super cool. We do a bunch of things in the Sage Circle. You've got the social component where you can connect with others, ask questions, share your experiences. We do meditations on the full moon and the new moon that are just uplifting and powerful. Those are the sacred space sessions. And we do card readings and things like that as well. It just overall is a great place to connect with others that are exploring their spiritual path. That sounds fantastic. That's just awesome. I'll put how to sign up in the show notes so no one will miss out. But in the meantime, you can learn more at thesagecommunity.com. Thank you so much. You were a fabulous guest and I loved our conversation today. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely loved being with you. Oh, it was fun. Thank you for listening today. If you're curious about intuitive coaching or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate it or write a review and subscribe to never miss an episode and share the magic with a friend. This is Ronnie and Ryan wishing you love and magic. Love and magic.